Nick. Welcome to CB Singles Club. Chris. Hello. Al. Hiya. And Will. Hello. So, CB Singles Club is where the CB Music Club looks at the singles from this week, which is around about the end of May 2021. And we're going to start with Chris's choice. Chris, what have you chosen this week? I've chosen, I presume it's called Aladdin, but as is the done thing nowadays, he's removed all the vowels other than the first A. Vowels are fascist. <laughs> He presents as ALDN. Presumably this is the inspiration for Aberdeen becoming Aberdeen in their recent <laughs> rebranding. I think it works better when the kids do it than the leading investment houses. But anyway, so Aladdin. <laughs> I don't know much about him and I can't find out much about him. On Spotify, Spotify, his biog simply says, it's me, which isn't very helpful. He's quite prolific. He's had half a dozen singles out in the last... Actually, more than that. Oh, God, he's had loads. He's had about a dozen singles out in the last year and a bit. And he's described as an upcoming rapper, singer and producer. And his genres include hyper-pop, pop-rap and trap, whatever those might be. <laughs> I know what trap is. This is his latest single and it's called I'm All Right. I'll take you to the centre of the universe Make you want to feel alive Cherish every moment Know that very soon we're gonna die Let you move on with your life Leave me here, I'll sacrifice The world fall apart as I sit and watch the sun rise Knowing you're about to cry Look at me like I'm a dog Now I'm running out of time But that's okay, I feel just fine I'm a run away just to make you feel okay Just to make you feel okay Just to make you feel okay Okay, so that was Aladdin I'm all right. Chris, do you want to tell us what you thought about that? Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> Damned by faint praise. <laughs> it's growing on me, as these things often do. I'm not sure I like his voice. I don't really like that vocoder thing or whatever. Yeah, it's auto-tuning. It's not vocoder. It auto-tune. Yeah. We've had this discussion before about vocoder to auto-tune. I thought it was auto-tune until I watched the video. Oh, I didn't see the now video. Now I know more than I ever needed to about his dental hygiene. And I was wondering whether he was actually doing it straight after he'd been the dentist. <laughs> ah, okay. The most noticeable thing about it is how it mutates with each verse or half verse. It starts off acoustic guitar and then it goes a bit electronica and then it's crashing drums and distorted vocals. Although it's kind of unified by his voice and the fairly conventional verse chorus structure, the music behind each section just changes enormously every sort of 30 seconds into something completely different. Yeah. I think it's quite interesting, but it all does seem to hang together. There was a bit that was almost unlistenable the last 20 seconds when the vocals start distorting. Deliberate, but it's quite a hard listen. That bit, it's all right. He's all right. And I kind of like the sentiment as well. I think it's coming from a good place. We all need to be a bit kinder to ourselves, this don't we? very true. And I'm all right. Seems to be a reasonable place to start. Yeah. Al, what did you think? Bit of a mixed bag for me. There's elements of it that I really like. There's elements of it that I really dislike. I like how it begins, that lo-fi acoustic guitar. It sounds like an acoustic guitar being played live, which so often acoustic, I think, in modern music doesn't. Once the kick drum comes in, though, oh my God. With a really loud bassy kick with a ducking compressor. Now, what that is, to explain, is every time the bass drum hits, there's a compressor that makes everything else in the song quieter. 
and you'll notice that that happens throughout most of the song and it's horrible and honestly the music from this era is just going to date really badly because we're going to look back at this and be embarrassed that everyone was doing it i hate it but it's a very modern pop thing and there's quite a lot of very modern pop elements to the song dirty distorted vocal the kick drum the autotune and it's a weird mix of that with a kind of indie pop sound it doesn't quite work for me it's a bit clumsy that said though i'm being quite negative about it i think it's quite a good song i don't mind it at all the video's disgusting. <laughs> I actually had to turn away from the screen because it was putting me off my beer there, which is a bit of a disappointment. Thanks, <laughs> Will, what did you think? I really liked this. I thought the bits of instrumentation that was good. I quite liked the production. I know what Al's saying, but it just stayed the side of the line that made it work for me. How to make this better? It's all kind of one pace for me. And the auto-tune, I thought that was backed off for some stuff that we've heard. So I didn't mind it so much. I'd give this one a thumbs up. Good effort. I liked it at the beginning with the acoustic guitar. I thought, oh, this sounds like it's my kind of thing. And then and then I didn't like it. Once he started experimenting, I didn't like the auto-tune, didn't like the fuzziness. But I think there's a good song underneath there somewhere. So maybe it will grow on me if I can just try and get over some of the effects he was using because it really just annoyed me. And I agree with Al that the video is just horrible. (laughs) (laughs) It's effective. I think it does what it means to do, but it's disgusting. I'm quite glad I didn't watch the video now. When you describe him, Chris, as being a producer, I think that's the thing here. He's using the studio as an instrument. What you're saying, Nick, is right. That's getting in the way of the song a little bit. I think if you'll pardon the clumsy phrasing, he's spending too long fiddling with his knob yeah. rather than singing. Yeah. Was that in the video? <laughs> Thankfully, no. <laughs> it's a little bit too gimmicky, isn't it? It just gets in the way. But I like it. I think on balance, despite all the layers of production, which don't always work, I think there's a half-decent song under here. I agree with that. Okay, so if I was to go around, everybody's at thumbs up. How are we feeling about Aladdin? Mm, middling. My thumb's sideways. Quarter to ten. Will likes it. I'm feeling nice tonight. That's always good to hear, Will. <laughs> okay, moving on, we've got Al's choice. Al, what have you chosen for us this week? This is on called Firehawk by Justin Courtney Pierre. Hail to the thieves and wasted opportunities. Silence is death, misdirection is Justin Courtney Pierre, he's not, as I assumed, Canadian. I thought what we were going to be getting here was some sort of Canadian folksy Americana. And it turns out that he's not Canadian, he's from Minnesota, so not that far from Canada, I suppose. And everything in Minnesota has got French names as well, just like in Canada. Canada, I should stop saying that. <laughs> he's from Matamedi, Minnesota, which is just outside St. Paul. He's been around for a long time, veteran of a number of bands, most notably Motion City Soundtrack, who have released half a dozen albums. The last one in 2015, I believe. He's a 40-something, which I think we should all appreciate. Looks a bit mad. He's got big hair, wears big blocky glasses, beardy sideburns. It's a good look. The song Firehawk is a single from a forthcoming EP which is called The Price of Salt, which is out on the 9th of July. I thought it was placebo when it started. I don't know about you guys. Absolutely, that's exactly what I was thinking. Even placebo don't sound as much like placebo as that does. I thought it was Jesus Jones. It has the bit of a Jesus Jones feel to it as well. I liked the video. 
I like that I had all the words in Spanish because mm. uh, that will help me with my Spanish. Let's talk about the song. I don't know. I, I thought it was all right. I quite liked it. I like the big guitars. I thought the chorus was very catchy in it, but on the whole, I thought it was just a little bit bland, to be honest. It's not very memorable. I prefer something a bit more organic and natural sounding than that in rock music and guitar music. But, you know, it's not bad. I mean, he seems like an interesting guy as well. He's also a filmmaker, music video director and actor. And he's a podcast host. What a great guy. Wow. His podcast is called Book Narcs. I think in the sense of narcotics rather than complaining about books. <laughs> she hosts with his wife. <laughs> if we were to host a podcast about books, it would be Book Narcs because we were complaining. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just like we could call this one Music Narcs, I suppose. If I was going to narc, I'd say, not the most interesting song not the most memorable song but I don't dislike it I think it's alright what did you think Will? generally I liked it I thought that the voice didn't really match the the machismo of, of the music. Also, Will, if you see pictures of the man himself, the voice doesn't suit him either. He's like this big burly bloke with massive hair. You wouldn't expect that he's going to sing like that. When it came on, I thought uh, a bit left field, but a little radio heady. And I could imagine Tom York singing this a lot better. The bit I liked most of it was just the drums. It was just so beautifully done. And the little feedback thing that they had in the chorus was... Flipping annoying. I've got tinnitus. Yeah, and every time you hear that kind of noise, it makes you go, ah, there's no need for it. It's a bad choice. In general, I liked it. I liked the song. Certainly amongst you guys, but I'd imagine amongst our listeners in general, I'd probably be seen as the bad guy who's horrible about bands and about musicians. And Will is probably seen as being just lovely because, I mean, Will is lovely, right? Absolutely. But I can imagine Tom York singing this, but better. He's much worse than I am. <laughs> much bitchier. <laughs> I have my moments. Chris, what did you think? I found it all a bit busy. There was just a bit too much going on. He just felt like he'd just thrown everything at it. Although I did like that bit that irritated you, Will. I also have tinnitus, but that little bit I quite liked um, under the chorus. On first listen, that was the first bit that stood out in a good way to me. And the bit that reminded me of Jesus Jones from that kind of... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I didn't really connect with any of it. I didn't really like his voice. I didn't really like the style of it. It was a little bit one note, one pace, one colour, one shade. I do agree with you, Chris, about the busyness of it. It's yeah. a thing that I think is a bit of a curse of modern rock music. There's too many layers of guitars and stuff going on and mm. the sound is very yeah. dense, isn't it? It'd be nice if there's a bit more space in it some of the time. But, you know, it's not bad. I actually quite liked it but I appreciate a lot of the things you said it took me back to the 90s yeah which was kind of fun and I quite liked the song but I think it was as you say too dense there was too much going on it was too clean you know mm. too precise and too clean his voice didn't match what I was expecting but I did like the drums they were good quite like the chorus I thought it was quite catchy but yeah it was okay so how are we feeling thumbs up for that one another side thumb from me yeah another, another side thumb from me Will's been kind again. The EP is out, as I said, on the 9th of July, and it will be on Bandcamp, so I'll probably give it a listen and see what the rest of it's like. I think it's good enough mm. to you know, give a chance to the other four songs as well, and who knows, might turn out well. Well, let's hope so. Next up, we've got Will's Choice. What have you got for us this week, Will? We have The Wombats, Method to the Madness. Now, this is a band that's been on a three-year break, and they're from Liverpool, and they are art school people. And the bit in their bio that I like most is that the drummer who does keys and backing vocals is called Dan Haggis. I think that is an awesome name. Dan Haggis. Outstanding. That should be a CBE right there. If Rashford can get one, you can, Dan.
that was the Wobbats. Well, what do you reckon? I loved it. I thought it was such a breath of fresh air. I wasn't sure about when it turned into from Jekyll into Hyde in terms of the lyrics. And I'm still not understanding what that's about because it suddenly goes a bit crazy. And I'm still not sure why that happened. I'm still listening to it, trying to figure out how those two parts of the song put together. But I really like it. Chris? I was really bored of it to begin with. And then it turns into the second half of the song. And when that second half kicks in, it's just extraordinary. It's just a completely different song. I still find the first half a bit dull, but the juxtaposition of the first half and the second half means that the whole thing, I think, works. I really like it, yeah. It's not often a song kicks completely into life like that. And it's not just a case of sort of quiet, loud, quiet, loud. It's almost two songs fused together in the middle. It was good. I could see myself leaping in the air for the last couple of minutes of that tune. What do you reckon, Al? Well, largely what Chris has just been saying. It's a very odd song. That beginning, I mean, seriously, it does remind me of like Boys to Men. It's very weird, almost sort of 90s mainstream pop. Extremely well sung. I thought the guy's got a great singing voice. Very controlled, very Neil Finn-esque. I thought it was very impressive. I thought the chord progressions behind it were very nice as well. You know, it was a good song in there. But I kind of switched off the first time I listened to it because I thought, what has Will chosen here? And, and then it just transforms. And like Chris says, it is quite remarkable. The build-up is really, really good. Those four chords just repeating over and over and over and then getting louder and louder and good big sound. It's really, really good. And then as it's building towards the end, you start getting a different chord progression comes in and the ending's really satisfying. It's great songwriting. I was very, very impressed. That said, I think that first half of the song is quite bad. There's no reason for it to not be better than it was. I don't know what they were thinking with it. Can I also say, there's no need for that bad language, young man, really. (laughs) I disagree with you. I really liked the first half of it as well. Me too. I liked the space of it. I liked the really simple drum beat. And then it transforms into that build-up, which is just epic. Absolutely epic. Mm. I love the whole thing, I have to say. Good for you. Good for me. <laughs> so, generally, I think we're all feeling pretty positive about that one. Yeah. Have we got some thumbs up for the Wombats? I'm giving it a three-quarters thumbs up, not a full thumbs up. I'll give it a thumbs up. Yeah, yeah. Happy with that. I can't ignore the fact that I just don't think the first half of it's very good. I think the first half is there for us to indulge ourselves in the second half. It's about creating the contrast, indeed. But that doesn't mean to say that it couldn't be a better song. Have you ever heard the song um, When I Go Deaf by Low? Say that again. Have you ever heard the song When I Go Deaf by Low? I think there was a joke in there somewhere. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I haven't. Sorry. No, I'm just talking about the, the, you know, the contrast between the first half of the song and yeah. the second half of the song. Yeah. It's the most prime example I can think of. It's quite funny reading the YouTube comments of it as well where people get really upset by what it does halfway through. (laughs) Ah, right. But I think it's magical. It's an example of that the song is really good. And then it turns into a different song that sounds incredibly different and is also really good. I would give that two thumbs up if it happened to be released today. Completely coincidentally, and I'd never heard of Low. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that was The Wombats. And now it's my choice, which is a band called Cold Cave. Cold Cave was founded in... 2007 by Wesley Izoid, I think is his name, former vocalist of hardcore groups Give Up the Ghost, Some Girls and Heartwarm Press. Cold Cave essentially is his solo project. He says, well, there have been other people contributing to Cold Cave, either on tour or in the studio. Izoid doesn't consider any of them to be official band members. He said in an interview, I struggle with the word member because there are no members of Cold Cave. It's just me. 
I've collaborated with many people. Some were extremely worthwhile and others were extremely worthless. And I've come to the point where I'm more comfortable doing things by myself. Sounds like a charmer. Sounds delightful, doesn't it? So this song is called Sam 23. Cold Cave Sam 23. Been reading a little bit more about Cold Cave. They've been on the backup slots and tours with Nine Inch Nails, Jesus and Mary Chain, Sonic Youth, Echo and the Bunnymen, and Gary Newman in recent years. So they've obviously been getting some attention. And I thought that was quite interesting, actually. I quite liked it, I think. It was very sort of derivative of things. Depeche Mode was something I was really getting there. I quite liked it. What did you guys think? Al? Pretty much the same. I quite liked it. Depeche Mode. You noticed me nodding, I'm sure, when you said that. It sounds a lot like Depeche Mode. It kind of rocks, but it's quite electronic at the same time. And mm. it's quite an interesting mix. It's a little bit too rigid. You know, it's got no groove to it, I suppose. It's not sexy, but it's quite brooding and quite menacing. Yes. I really liked the guitar mm. and synth wig out at the end. That was particularly good. But I think without mm. that, I'd probably be sitting here complaining about how I didn't think it was a really particularly good song. But that kind of won me over to it. It's okay. Yeah, didn't mind it. Well, what did you think? Yeah, the intro got me and brought me home to the wig out. I love that phrase, wig out. Nice little <laughs> drum patterns. And, you know, there's a song that comes along every now and then that you wouldn't mind playing. And this is probably one of them. So it's a song that's brilliant for me but needs a little bit more care and attention to it but i did like it chris what did you think nah i didn't like it (laughs) yes there were bits of the cure and bits of depeche mode but it was the worst bits of them it was humorless it was ponderous it was cold it was detached it was arch it was posturing it was there was no fun there was no soul there was no groove there was no spirit to it it was the opposite of a good time, and I wouldn't want to meet him at a party. <laughs> I can't really disagree with what you're saying there, Chris. Also, even the fact that it's called, I'm going to be horrible about it now after being nice about it, but uh, even the fact that it's called Sam 23, you know, the sort of biblical reference is just a... Pompous posturing. It's the least interesting of Sam's. It's the Lord is my shepherd one. You know, oh, yeah. like everyone knows oh, that. It's, it's like, pick a Sam we don't know, dude. <laughs> I never thought we'd be discussing Psalms, but here we go. Psalm 34. Man, that's a song. <laughs> it's the summer of Sam. <laughs> I've had nothing to warm to, nothing to latch on to there. I watched the video and obviously it's just them looking very dark and serious and broody. And I need a bit of charm in my music. It doesn't have to be a cheeky grin, but just something that connects you with the listener. There was a massive wall between them and the audience. It was all about them. It was all about him, clearly, wasn't it? That was the interesting thing about the video, was having decided that he doesn't have members. He's hired in some people to assist with the posturing. I don't mind a video. There is something quite camp about it, in a way. But I don't think it was intentionally camp, was it? No, probably not. They intended to play it very straight. But it's quite striking. It does look quite good, I think. You know, it's very sort of high contrast, blacks, and, you know, there's not a lot of light in it. It doesn't make me warm to the fella and think that he'd be my best mate or anything, but I don't mind a video. 
I don't mind a song. I thought it was okay. He needs a hug. I'd give him a hug. No, I don't think I would give him a hug. I thought he needs a hug. I'd ruffle his hair and give his cheeks a little... <laughs> oh, yeah. How are we feeling about that? Is that a thumbs up? It's getting a side thumb from me again. One of my rare proper thumbs down, I'm afraid. Oh, thumbs, thumbs down. down. I don't wow. often do those, but that's just okay. not happening for me. I'm giving a bit of a side thumb. That takes us to Taylor Swift Corner. Taylor Swift Corner. Taylor Swift Corner. Hello. Taylor Swift Corner is, of course, part of the show where we pick the single from one of the best-known acts of the week. And I think the band that we decided to go with this week is something that probably Taylor would approve of. I think so. So we've picked Sleater Kinney. Is anybody here a fan of Sleater Kinney? They're a band that I've wanted to like and I've tried to like in the past. I feel like I should like them, but I've always felt a bit let down whenever I've listened to them. The last place I lived in London before I moved up to Edinburgh, I used to go to my local pub with a book quite often and uh, their jukebox had the Sleater Kinney album on it. It was a song that used to come on quite often that I really liked. And when I went and checked and found out that it was them, I thought, hmm, maybe they do actually deserve another listen. Were they part of the Riot Girl movement? They certainly were, yes. And they've gone through a few lineup changes since those days. They went on a long hiatus at one stage. They're a band that I've never quite got around to listening to, to be honest. I think I'd probably know a few of their tunes if you played them. I've been aware that people respect them and like them and that it's probably worth listening to but never quite got around to it. So this is their new single, it's called High in the Grass. It's polished. <laughs> if you want us to believe that you're rocking and you're killing us, then you need to push us back in our seats. There's some really nice little guitar riffs in there that were put behind just so that the vocal can be clear. I can imagine these guys on stage would absolutely dominate with this song, but in the studio, it's just bleh. Chris. <laughs> Yeah, I quite like this one. <laughs> I thought it was a catchy chorus. The verse drifted a little bit. It went on a bit too long as well, but the chorus was catchy enough to make it interesting. And I kind of like the simplicity of it. This was the opposite of Justin Courtney P.A. It was a bass, a drum, a guitar and a voice, and it was pared down. And it was all the better for its simplicity. Yeah, kind of liked it. Liked her voice. Yeah, I like the vocals yeah. on this. Vocals were good. What did you think, Al? Oh, I like this. There's warm sound to it. Quite growly and quite dry. Not lots of reverb on it. Quite lo-fi. And I just think it was quite a nice antidote to all the other songs that we've had. Despite what Will said, I think much more polished than this. This sounds like they've just recorded it really well and then just given it a mix and sent it out there. And it's refreshing. It sounds like music like it used to be made. And I know that's such an old man thing to say. The verse isn't great. But there is some interesting guitar going on in it. And I think the comparison you're making, Chris, with Justin Courtney Pierre, I think this is maybe what you're talking about, that there's more space, but there's also the guitar's doing some interesting stuff. It's not just playing some chords. There's some nice riffs going on, which just make it a better song. And what could be a bad verse, because melodically it's not that interesting. The guitar gives it a bit of a lift. It's good. Really catchy chorus. And then that middle eight 
which is probably actually about 24 and not eight bars, but whatever, right? That's really fantastic. And mm. it builds up. And then it sort of introduces some elements that are in the intro as well towards the end of that. And that's good songwriting, quite frankly. I was impressed by it. I really quite liked this as well. I liked the vocals. I think, as you say, Al, it was the way it was recorded. It sounded like they were playing real instruments and they weren't messing about with them in the studio. And that actually yeah. is really appealing to me. I was interested in something you said, Will, that you thought this would kick ass in a live performance. And I think you're probably right. I think there are elements of this that would really work in a live setting. I could really be jumping around to this, I think, in the right venue. Classic, quiet, loud, quiet, loud, isn't it? It's yeah, 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 yeah. Be good live. I read something about them somewhere, and it wasn't about this current record. They'd said they were going out to make a middle-aged mom record. <laughs> I think they're very conscious of their age, and they'd be willing to grow old. Yeah, and I'm sure their fans have aged with them. They're not trying to play to the kids. Yeah, we are their audience, mm. really. We are their audience. We're probably about yeah. the same age as them, yeah. yeah. I'm going to go back into Sleater Kinney's back catalogue and try and remind myself of what they once yeah, were. I think I'm going to go and investigate as well, actually. So is that a thumbs up or thumbs down? How do we feel? Yeah, I'll give it a thumb. Nothing's going to feel thumbs up for me this week. It's getting the three quarter as well. I'm giving it a thumbs up. I was feeling good about that. Good man. What was our favourite track of this week? Chris, how about I start with you? It's between The Wombats and Sleater Kinney. What are you going to go for? I'm going to go old school. I'm going to go for Sleater Kinney. Because I agree with Al that the first half of the Wombats tune is just weak, even if the second half is sublime. But yeah, Slater Kenny. Will, what about you? Wombats all the way. Wombats for you? All the way. And Al? (laughs) What Chris just said, all the same reasoning, Slater Kenny, because the first half of the Wombats song isn't very good. Well, I think the first half of the Wombats song is good, and I'm going for the Wombats as well. You've always been a big fan of Boys to Men, though, haven't you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah. It's a draw. I like that. That's nice. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Compromise. Yeah. Why can't we all just get along? No, let's have a fight. <laughs> right, girl. <laughs> I think it's been a good week, personally. Yeah. Yeah, I quite enjoyed this week. Good standard of standard. Definitely. Yeah. A lot of variety this week as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a good one. So there we are. That was CB Singles Club for this week's releases. And we will catch you next time around. It's good night from me, and it's good night from Chris. Good night. And Al. Good night. And Will. Good night, and I'll see you guys at dawn. Pistols at the ready. <laughs> <laughs>